You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. You know what the best thing about my daughter being in the house right now is? What's that? The dog's not down here. She's not. She left. And where's the dog? I left the door open so she could look out, and I took her bed over and laid it in front of it. Oh, so she's looking out the front door into the darkness? Yeah. Because it's dark outside already. It's not that late, but it gets dark early. That's funny. Looking longingly into the darkness. It's uh, episode 346 of the New Utah Podcast. It's um, the second week of January, 2023, if you're keeping track. Rainy, rainy, rainy. It's uh, the 346th consecutive week of shows. And we're almost to one a day if you went for one year. The foot of snow that we had last week has been melted away by rain. I still had to put Cassie's car in four-wheel drive to get it over the embankment you said she should park on. So, and she's I don't like, think she needed to park it, in the garage. What if it snows? Like, why don't I get to park for it in the garage? I'm like, go ask your mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just going to have it parked in the garage, too. Well, but fine. Put it in the garage. I don't give a shit. Did she even leave the key? Yeah, it's on the oh, counter. <laughs> I don't know. So it's episode 346 of the Utah podcast where you get to hear all about my daughter's car problems uh, or Jeremy's kids' car problems. We talk um, about that a lot because, you know, having cars means you're going to have problems. Yeah, especially when you buy older used cars and, you know, that's what people do. And Julia is here to tell us about all things embarrassing. Yep. That's true. She said my left blinker doesn't work when she came in. Yeah, I don't have a left blinker right now, so I have the special glove that I've been using for the wind and the rain when I stick my arm out of the window to signal so I can merge on the freeway. That's you know, that's not gonna stop you from like getting hit. <laughs> and that's not gonna that's not yeah, gonna Yeah, but I don't from... wanna get pulled over by a cop for not using my blinker, so Yeah, that's not gonna stop you from getting <laughs> pulled over by a cop either. You're not on a motorcycle. No, you can do it in cars. Yeah, I, I know. looked it up. They'll still stop you. They'll still stop you anyway because they don't understand. And they'll still give you a ticket for a non-functional. So the annoying thing is it's not my bulb that's out. It's the electrical. Oh. So I get one blink. I get one left-hand signal per time that the car's on. And then it shorts out and then the dashboard says to fix the gas cap. Do you have a fuse that you need to change? That's what I said. Might be the fuse. You just need to go. It's probably the wrong size fuse being used. And so it's tripping over and over again. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it. Probably. Fuses are cheap. And also checking them takes about five seconds. And if you take it to any AutoZone, O'Reilly's, any of those places, they'll check it for you. Yeah, because you're a girl. Spat uh, my eyes. I don't think they check Usually it I get me. their employee discounts. Give <laughs> Chris one of them say, I think my blinkers network. Can you go check it for me? They'd be like, go fucking check it yourself, dude. <laughs> no, last time I went to AutoZone, he gave me his employee discount. Just ask him for blinker fluid. Yeah. And right. They'll come help. My they'll come help. It's low. It's not working. Say, my left blinker isn't working. Do I need blinker fluid? That'd be funny. So there was a TikTok the other day where a girl had a bottle, made, like a label or something made because she knew, I don't know, there was some scenario where she knew that like this was going to happen. She'd had it in her bag and the, the guys told her to go get blinker fluid. So she went into the store. Look, you know, went Made around the label, and then she, the well, she had the late, she had, and then she brought it out and she was like, okay, I got it. Now what do I do with it? And they were like, what? <laughs> I saw one similar to that and she told, it's her dad and she's like, they charged me 80 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, that's uh, that's the kind of stuff that we talk about on the show. No, I'm just kidding. We talk about lots of Utah stuff. And um, we're old. That's the shit we talk about. It's been a hell of a week. Um, I went to lunch with my mom last week. We went to uh, the Dirty Dog El Chihuahua, to which when we oh get my there, God. so we, total dad joke. First of all, we were supposed to go to the Dragon Diner across from St. Mark's, right? And St. Mark's is doing a big expansion that is it's massive. I hadn't been over there in a long time. Well, Dragon Diner is still closed for dine-in. They're only doing takeout, which uh. is the same as a lot of Chinese joints. A lot of them just went straight takeout. They don't do any dine-in anymore because they don't like dine-in. Well, they're just they're making enough money off of takeout, so they're just like the one that we go to, Pearl Express. They don't. I don't even think their dining room's open. They put a freaking drive-through window, and it's not drive-through; it's walk-up. You walk up and order. Everything's to go. Everything's takeout because Chinese Chinese food already had takeout down, but yeah. now a lot of these restaurants are just like, well, there's no reason to have the dining room open. Like that was just a, a liability to have people in there. Like it was a waste of staff and time, essentially. So, why do it? And uh, a lot of anyway, that's neither here nor there. So then we ended up going up to uh, the Dirty Dog because El Chihuahua is just up the road um, from there, like literally a block and a half away. Yeah. We get out of the car and my mom goes, they don't serve dog, do they? Uh, uh, uh. And I go, well, it is a place. So. It is a state in Mexico. <laughs> Chihuahua. That's too funny. Um, But I hadn't been to the Dirty Dog in a long Stop time. Stop calling it that. That's what it's called. It's El Chihuahua, the El Dirty Chihuahua Dog. El Chihuahua is not the Dirty Dog. That is the Dirty Dog. Ask anyone that frequents it. It's the Dirty Dog. Julia just got a taste of the Dirty the Dog. The Dirty Dog is under the table. And just laid laid waste to the area by Julia. Oh, God. <laughs> it's wafting You know, last week's episode was dog farts. That one is bad. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys enjoy a Death Star with your lunch? <laughs> no, because it was, I don't, I had to drive and we had some errands to run. I'm trying to swallow that down, man. Don't swallow it. Um, I'm trying not to breathe through my nose. It's really her penis. <laughs> I'm glad she left. She just, she, she crop dog just walks in, farts in, and walks away. Cropped us the whole room and then leaves. Of course she doesn't want to be in here. It stinks. Oh man, that's bad. Uh, so anyway. Um, yeah, El Chihuahua's great, man. It's, uh, I think it was like best of City Weekly. I think it was voted, um, it, at least in the top three of best Mexican place. It wins all the time. And I don't know. Someone got rid of all our City Weeklies. And the Death Star. Uh, there's somewhere. The I The Death Star look. usually wins for like novelty drinks. Yeah. Or Cause, like and that. I pointed it out to my mom. I'm like, they're known for this. I'm like, but that's not the only reason there's this place. There's actually somebody drinking one. This place has been open. I mean, the El Chihuahua has been open since, since I was in college. Yeah. I mean, longer than I've been in Utah. At, at least. Cause I remember going there in college and getting the Death Star. And that was in the late 1900s. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of people that go there and get the Death Star and then go to a bar named Sue after getting hammered at the restaurant. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's a thing uh, that happens yeah. for sure. Well, we is. had um, Folk Hogan when, when we had him on the show that they were telling us about that, that they had done it, that they were doing a show and all these people were wandering in just like just drunk, shit face wasted. hammered, wasted. Yeah. And and he they asked somebody something and they said, oh, it's the Death Star. And they thought they were joking. Anyway, he told us that story about playing a show and all of these drunk people coming over. After having their Death Stars. Anyway. And it is. So El Chihuahua is a stereotypical Mexican place. Pretty straightforward menu. There's not as many things as you see at some Mexican places, but it's your typical, like, 
like four types of burritos, chicken, ground beef, shredded beef, chili verde, um, you know, regular tacos, chimichangas, it's, chili rellenos. El Chihuahua is nothing fancy. No, but it's just quality. Though. But it's, it's actually, is, it's really good. The food was good. really good. The prices were reasonable. Like, it's just, and the place. And they have bottled sarsaparilla. And I, I made this comment to my mom because it was a late lunch. It was like 2, 2.30 by the time we actually sat down to eat. There was still a bunch of fucking people eating lunch in there. And I mean, granted, it was a Friday, but like 2.30 is a dead-ass time for most restaurants. Yeah. There's no one in there. And there were quite a few people in there. I mean, not filled because that place is huge, but enough that like it's totally worth being open because- now that obviously COVID, are they are they back to doing their band nights and stuff? Or, I don't know because I know they. I don't know. At one time they had bands and different things on the weekends and. Yeah, I don't. Something. I don't know. I, I'm sure they might, but I don't know. Julie is my early early warning system over there. She, she started. Wa- she started. Wa- oh my god! <laughs> waving it over towards me. <laughs> Stop! Just the dog is, might need to go outside. I, she was just. She outside. was just out there, right, right before he got here. Or no, because he, Chris was saying you'll have to let the dogs in. Like literally, when you guys came downstairs. Yeah, I put her out. Like I don't know, man. She forgot to do some business out there, <sighs> or so, I don't know what the hell she's eating. That's giving her that. It's got to be that uh, she's eating. I gave her. Food. I gave her hot dogs too. Remember because oh, yeah, yesterday Chopper wasn't taking his meds. Yeah, I bet that's. It. I can't get Chopper. Oh, that's the other thing that happened. We took Chopper to the vet for his his uh, six month thing, and he is teeth cleaning. So Chopper, you guys got to understand, Chopper is a fifteen year old dog. He's a 15-year-old Chihuahua who is deaf as shit. Like, the dog can't hear a fucking thing. Speaking of the dirty dog. Like, I freaking had the vacuum up behind him the other day, <laughs> and Chris was at the bottom of the... I was doing the floor, and Chris had the... I had to pick him up and move him because he was not reacting to the vacuum. And I don't want to, like, bump him with the vacuum because I don't want to scare him. Give but. him a heart attack and he dies. But he's... So, and he's got a... He's had a really bad heart murmur for a few years. Like, instantaneously, he got this heart murmur, like, out of nowhere. Like, it went from zero to four. Yeah, like, and he'd been, he'd been coughing a lot, and he got the heart murmur. Like, he was coughing so much. So, anyway, that was a whole story. In fact, I think we talked about it on the air. Um, but um, the heart murmur's been the same for a long time. And then... Uh, uh, they said this time when they did the x-rays, his heart's starting to enlarge, but not impacting his lungs. So they did a different anesthesia for his teeth cleaning. And uh, he came out of that the, the worst that he's ever been. Like, I'm worried to ever put him under again for anything. And, like, his cough was not only a million times worse sounding, it was uncontrollable. Like, like it, it was co- almost constant. That's how Ebo got, which he wasn't nearly as old. But he got to the point where the doctor's like, we can't. No, he's just got a, he's just old. And his teeth were falling out at your house. It's because we cannot even put him under to do a a dental cleaning anymore. He's, he's done. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's about where Chopper's probably at. I I don't think I can put him through it again because the trauma to his trachea, which has collapsed already. He is almost 98 in dog Yeah, he's pretty fucking old. (laughs) I mean, that's not quite that bad for small dogs, but 15 is a long time for any dog. Um, I'm just afraid he's going to end up like Ico, be like 27 years old, <laughs> fucking poor. one leg left, shitting all over the place, but won't give up the goat. What happened to the one it's leg? Thing? Ghost. What? <laughs> it's ghost. Whatever. You don't give up the goat. You give no. up the ghost. Chopper she basically just had reverse sneezes yeah. like her, all day and her, she died. Her 
hips were like yeah, her hips out. were all She'd be out. walking along and a hip would pop out. And like I remember we were walking at one time, <laughs> She'd be and walking all funny. Somebody and... pulled over because they thought they'd hit her. They're like, did we hit your dog? Or like, no, she's just special. No, she's just old, and her, her hip, hip would pop out because <laughs> yeah. we saved her from a puppy farm, and she'd had nine hundred babies. And anyway, yeah, that uh, poor old. I'm dog. afraid that's how Chopper's going <laughs> to end up. But uh, um, so anyway, so his cough has been really bad. Um, so bad that the first night we had him back, like he kept us up all night because they sleep in our room in their kennels. So he's been relegated to not in our bedroom. We've moved his kennel to a different room behind a closed door, which sucks for him to be like by himself at night. He just sleeps anyway, but he still coughs most of the night. Poor old guy. We've got him on a cough suppressant. Um, we've been giving him some trazodone to tranquilize his ass. It's, Today was the first day that he hasn't been on the trazodone for during the day. Yeah, and he's much better cough wise. Like you guys haven't heard him yet, um, and his cough is getting much calmer too. Good. But holy shit, that was so rough on him. I would, I don't want to do it to him again. So yeah, I, I yeah, won't, like I said, that's where that's where Ebo got his last because it was probably his last four or five months when his tooth when you guys were watching his tooth yeah. falls out, but. But yeah, it was kind of cool. The doctor just got to where like, no, he's he's reached his limit. There is no more sedatives for him for anything because he will never wake up. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. What about uh, what's this trading card? Oh, discovery? so my trading card thing. So I think I know we've talked about. It. I don't know if we've talked if I've talked about it on the show, but growing up, uh, my grandparents every birthday, Christmas, holiday would give me trading cards, baseball cards, football cards, which in the eighties and nineties were worth. Nothing because right. there were so many made, and I didn't. I didn't at, at that as a kid, you know, six through sixteen. I didn't really think a whole lot of it, but uh, my dad would say, "You know, you should just hold on to him because you just don't know." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right, so I'll hold on to him." So, um, the last couple of years before my grandpa died, I actually bought two full sets, like the whole entire season. I don't remember what I paid for him. It doesn't really matter, but. And I don't know if you still can, but you used to be able to buy the entire season, like tops, cards. So I have two sets that I bought that are the complete that it's kind of sad. I was, I got them and I was going to go show my grandpa because that was kind of his thing. And he ended up passing away before I actually got to, to show him. Anyway, um, a couple of weeks ago, Hannah and Jonathan were, they have an app and they're looking up all their magic and Pokemon and stuff. Mm-hmm. And oh, this one's worth this. This one's worth this. And I was like, the other day, I'm like, you know what? I have not looked at these cards in. When I say decades, I mean decades. Yeah, like 30 years. I just see what I have. So so I downloaded a little app that does all playing cards, mm-hmm. like football, baseball, all of them, basketball. And so I just kind of randomly started scanning ones that I thought, well, maybe that one's worth something. I scanned 200 cards, so one-third of one book, and I've got like five books full. And this is the random stuff that my grandparents have given me. I'm already up to $1,300. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dang. Um, and I, as I'm going through it, I've got, uh, Daryl Strawberry. I've got, uh, I've got Carl Malone's rookie. I've got the entire 1989 All Star. And it's got like Magic Johnson and Pippin. And anyway, all of these things in it that I, I do not pretend or profess to be a sports junkie, but there's some names you just know. Um, anyway, so. I've, yeah, I always say if I know the name, then they must be famous. They must be somebody. Um, so th- a couple of them that, that stood out is um, Carl Malone's Lakers. So he played for the Jazz forever and ever and ever. 
They, and then decided not to retire with the Jazz. They didn't win, so he quits. Does I, was it one season with the Lakers? I think it was just one season. Yeah. So I have that that card from his one season with the Lakers. As soon as I scan that one, it makes the little cha-ching. That one's like two hundred and fifty-six dollars. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Anyway, so yeah, when I was a so when I was a kid, I I was into to cards, and I had some football and some basketball. Like I I collected basketball players that I liked, so I'd like the entire like late eighties Celtics team. And I had a little binder that was like a four by four, or like a two by two binder uh-huh. with like my prized possession cards, the ones that I the, the all the players that I really liked and the different stuff, and like Dallas Cowboys. So like the 90s Cowboys that went to the Super Bowl right. four times or whatever. Um, and I lost them at some point growing up. I have no idea where they got left, who had them, but they're gone. Um, I do still have somewhere, I think, um, like three long boxes of baseball cards that my brother and I collected when we were kids. So, and I remember like, like the whole like 1991 or 92 Don Diamond King set. Yeah. So I've I don't got think the, any of those are really worth it. I've much. got like the 98 Bulls. Oh, that was a good Bulls team. 98 or 89? 98 when uh, they won. 98 was a good Bulls team. So, I mean, I know I've got some stuff, but, but the funny thing is other than the two sets that I bought with the sole purpose of sitting down with my grandpa and going through them, which I never got to. All of the rest of them, I've, I've just ran them and you just kept them. For I never years. bought them. I never, my, they just, they would just give them to me. Like it'd be my birthday. So we lived in a, in Iowa. My, my, my get a pack of cards. They'd send me like 10 or 12 packs. Yeah. And I'm sure they would, when they'd go to the grocery store, they'd pick up one for a dollar or two dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that like, so, so these are the ones that I thought were, were kind of funny as I was kind of checking through them. Um, like old, the old home bread or some some bread company used to throw them in the bread. Oh, really? Um, I remember this was probably when I was ah, probably twelve, fifteen, something that ballpark. And my mom had pulled them out of the bread and she said, "Do you want those? These?" I'm like, "I could care less." And she she'd kept a stack of them. And after she had a whole bunch, she said, "Why don't you just put them with that collection you've got?" I'm like, "Okay." So I stuck them in. The, well, I started scanning them. They're worth a ton because they were they're because they're so hard so, to get. Limited. Yeah. People threw them away. Cause that's and... the thing. They came in your bread and people were like, Bleh. you know what I mean? But yeah. I've got like some John Stockton's out of it. That's and... like, well, that's like, you know, the old, the old like eighties and nineties McDonald's toys that were like yeah. quality toys from the Happy Mills. They're really hard to find and they're worth a lot of money. Which as a kid, I threw them away, broke oh, yeah, them, started them on fire. They were pieces of shit. Smashed man. them. With... Yeah. So the best were the, the transforming food pieces though. Oh, those were, those were the garbage, best. but now they're worth like a ton of oh, money. Yeah. But those were the best toys. So yeah. So these oddball and then like I've got a, a series from Kellogg's that they mm-hmm. came in the cereal boxes and stuff. So I myself really didn't care. They were just, or, or like my, my grandma Johnson, my mom's mom was really into, to, Basketball, so same thing. She would get me these. Yeah, part of me is like, you should sell them now while trading cards are huge and they're <laughs> worth a lot of money because they may not be in 10 years, but I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It, it ebbs, trading cards in particular do have a big ebb and flow. And right now, like sports cards are yeah. humongous. So the, the 200 or so cards out of the probably 4,000 that I have, I'm already up to 1,300. That's bucks wild. That's pretty cool. In volume. And, and most of them are from the late 70s. Got to keep in mind that's for perfect condition usually. Most of these yeah. are pristine. I then, never yeah. touched them. They're, <laughs> they're in. They're in holders. They're like, in the, the binder. Binders. 
Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's like three or four that are a little on the trash side that are ones that I probably got when I was six or seven. And I vaguely remember playing with them. And I vague- How do you play with a card? I, well, I think yeah. I had like playing cards. And I was making card houses. Yeah, when you're poor, you you do stuff. So like I was making like card houses and I needed so. And I remember at the time my dad kind of saying, you know, you should probably keep a little bit better track of these. Sometimes baseball cards can be worth a lot of money. And I was like, oh, okay. You were six. <laughs> I, but so so I did start. So I've I've put them in sleeves for the last 30 years. But it's just funny. I would not call myself a collector. No. But they were just, my, my grandparents thought that's what I wanted. And so I'd get like packs of them for every holiday, birthday, or my grandparents would come visit and they'd bring me cards. So anyway, I've been kind of going through it. It's been kind of fun. I'll keep you posted as I, as I keep going through them. I'm going to throw up, man. This is dog is killing dog's me. Trying to kill us. Oh, man. Just take a big old breath right in there. Oh, God. I can almost chew it. It is really pungent. Um, <laughs> like that. Jeremy like chokes to death. I don't know what the what the fuck it cannot have been the hot dogs. I feel like it's because he she keeps finishing off Chopper's food and Chopper's food is where we've been putting That's his medicine. True, maybe it's like medicine yeah. farts or something. Uh, okay, so um, no guest. It's the uh, end of the month, and so end of the month. No, it is not. Holy fuck! Not. I don't even know where I'm at right now. I'm sorry. No, our um, guest actually (laughs) had her husband had a a procedure, and 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 she she let us know, and then she confirmed today that she just just not in the right mind. So 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 we're gonna do. uh, We did a few, a couple of these last year, but uh, it's something that. Uh, we're starting to do, so um, we'll get into it here in just a little bit, but we're going to go through uh, a, a national park and a state park. Um, we'll talk about a, a few things before that, but um, that's kind of how the rest of the show will go here. Um, we want to talk about some of the cool Utah shit that's going on. Um, so one thing is the Outdoor Retailer Convention um, is back, the Outdoor Retailer Show. Um, it's back until 2027, I think is yeah. what they said. Is that contract? It could go longer. Who knows? So but that's what they yeah. That was like the big show that came to Utah and Utah was famous for the outdoor retailers convention year after year after year. It's the biggest, for probably 20, yeah, it's 30 years, like a long time, the biggest outdoor retail show. And then. Uh, back during the Trump presidency. So at the end of Obama's presidency, he enlarged, well, he, he founded Bears Ears National Monument, uh, and had expanded Grand Staircase Escalante. Um, and that was something that a lot of people weren't happy about in the state of Utah because we're stupid. Um, huh. you know, I, there's, I shouldn't say that. There are a lot of people that believe the state should be able to manage that stuff. Unfortunately, the state is, does not necessarily have the land's best intention in mind all the time. Well, there's so much more. We don't have to get into it. We talked about it at length at the time, but Bears Ears is also important to... It's got some Native, American Native Americans. Native Americans to, to the Ute yeah. tribe here in Utah, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot to it. Well, and the, the concern is if it's not protected land, the state will sell it off for mineral and oil rights. Which... They have, which they they have, and they continue to do that with other chunks of land, because that's a big economic resource for the state. Um, so anyway, when um, when the state started to fight that, um, the outdoor retailers convention said, "Okay, well, fuck off, we're done." Yeah. So the state got Trump 
to downgrade yep, it. To, to back off on the size of Bears Ears. So it's and still the, there. The expansion of Escalante is still there, but what Obama had put in place. Trump reduced which, dramatically. Which was, Trump was more than happy to undo anything. Trump and Ryan Zinke. So, so, Zinke the idiot. Yeah. So when they did that, and they absolutely did start. Because the state was lobbying so hard for it, the Outdoor Retailers Convention yeah. said, okay, clearly you're not stewards of the environment. We're out. We're going to go to Colorado. Uh, and so they moved to Denver. Um, and that was a big hit. That's a big hit economically for the state because that convention brings hundreds of millions of dollars to the state in, yeah. in money, especially in particular in the Salt Lake area. Um, but anyway, the show's back. Um, but uh, some of the biggest people in the show. The big three um, is what they're saying. Patagonia, REI, and North Face, which I, if unless you live under a rock, you've heard those names. Even if you're not into outdoor yeah. shit, REI, North Face, and Patagonia are huge, huge companies. Pretty much look at any winter clothing, jacket, coat, yeah, sleeping bag yeah, exactly. out there. <laughs> um, and they have, all three of them have boycotted um, yeah. the show in Salt Lake um, because they don't believe it should have come back here. Is REI a Utah? I know there's a lot of REI in Utah. Is it a Utah company? I don't know. I know they've got big headquarters here and they've got... But I'm just not sure if they're a Utah company. That's a good question for Google. Good thing we got the Google box. Uh, Washington. Okay. REI is uh, Kent, out of Washington. Kent, Washington. That makes King sense. County. Um, and I think pa- uh, Patagonia is in Washington, too, probably. Um, um, what's the one that's here? There's there's a there's an outdoor yeah Ventura California is Patagonia. Um, what's the uh, so that's like L A. Fuck. Um, there's one here, Cotopaxi. That's yeah. a Utah company. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, so those three, those three big companies have said we're not. We're yeah, not they've said nothing has changed. We're still out. Yep. We're still out, which is a, a a big statement for them because that is a big. Um, that's I mean that's the biggest retail outdoor retail show ever. So that's a right. Well, that's it's a not, big statement. It's not just Joe Schmo going to it. It's where. The big corporations, well, REI, Patagonia, North Face, and others, this is where they display their new product. Yeah, this is where they show off all their new shit. For the year. And where all the big retailers, right? like, well, REI is a retailer, but like all the other big retailers, so like Big Five Sporting Goods, Shields, um, Dicks, Shields, they all come to see all the new stuff here. And make significant purchases yeah, during the huge, show. huge deals. Well, I don't know about during the show, but they're made well, off the back based of the show. off the show. But these yes. kinds, these kinds of trade shows, there are lots and lots of deals being made, right? Um, or at least getting started. Um, and it's also, you know, where you, it's not just retailers, but it's also, you know, you think about uh, if you've ever been on a cruise or gone and visited some place and and you find like a like a a guide company or an excursion company they're at these shows too right. buying gear uh and looking at what new gears out and what they can do to right. improve their offerings and stuff uh and those three companies won't be here for that yeah so that's a big statement i mean that's a a big statement to say we're not coming to that show thanks utah legislators um, but good news that we got it back. Um, that's really good for Utah, even if they don't show up. We'll see if, if they boycott the next three years after this, this first one. 
Um, I'm inclined to think they probably won't. The only reason they wouldn't uh, come back, I think, is if they end up developing their own thing. So that has happened. So I think of like E3. So E3 is a gigantic electronic super expo that takes place down in California. And that was for a long time the time that all the big game producers, um, hardware and software came out and said, Hey, this is our new thing. It's when, um, you know, like the original Xbox gets launched at like mm-hmm. E3. Um, Sony's launched a bunch of stuff there. Now most of them have stopped doing that and they have their own giant launch events. And it's so also similar like Comic Con, which was originally you had New York Comic Con, uh, the L.A. was L.A. Oh, San Diego, San Diego yeah, Comic Con, maybe one or two others, and those were the Comic Cons. But now so many of them have branched off. Well, it's not even a branch off. It's it's really the individual companies now doing their own big conventions to do their big major announcements. Apple was one of the first that really kind of did that, where they started doing. Their own big giant conventions. We have like Blizzard uh, Entertainment, um, Sony Online Entertainment, and Sony in general. Like they announce all their shit separately now. Um, and I, I'm curious if that's what will happen here. If like Patagonia will just create its own conference to have people come to, or the or, big three will just make their own, which could be something that happens. Um, they could just create a, a new convention um, that they'd compete with outdoor retailers. So. We'll have to see how that all plays out. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the Great Salt Lake as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth mentioning. Um, so there's a lot of stuff out there uh, suggesting that sometime in the next five years, it's very likely the Great Salt Lake will be dried up, um, which is a significant problem. So aside, put aside the fact that one of the biggest natural wetland sanctuaries in the world is here. Well, and this, it's prehistoric. This thing yeah. was Lake Bonneville a million years ago. Well, we're sitting in Lake Bonneville too. Right. Like so this, this is the very tail end of that yeah. prehistoric lake. This is the, this is the last of it. Um, but it's receding quickly. The drought has really just done a number on it. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of concern there. It's just something to be mindful of. Um, I don't know that there's anything that you as an individual can probably do about it. Um, you know, Senator... Go, just take, go take your water that you didn't drink last night and dump it just in the Great Salt Lake. pour it in the Great Salt Lake. Um, so, like, Senator Romney's been a big pusher up on Capitol Hill trying to get some preservation stuff put into bills um, to funnel some money to, to help deal with it or figure it out, uh, how we can save it. Um there's a big concern environmentally because if it does dry up, there's a lot of heavy metals uh, still in that lake that become dry. And when stuff dries up, uh, it blows and, in the wind. Yep, wind picks it up and uh, blows it around the air. And you think about it, the, the the bottom of any pond when it dries up, what's left? Well, this is the bottom of a million year old lake. Yeah, there's just all kinds of not good stuff. Maybe they'll find the whales. Probably. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> They're not there. It was fake news. We were perpetrators of fake news for a while. But it's so good. It's such a great story. But yeah, so, uh, well, during COVID, when Heather and I did that little tour, at that point in time, it was about 20, it had receded about 20 feet yeah. from the shoreline. That was in 2019. Yeah, and we've had three years of extreme drought. Um, 
So hopefully this year will help with all the snow we're getting, but I don't, it's not enough. I mean, the, the thing that people don't realize is while that lake is enormous, uh, footprint wise, it's only an average depth of 30 feet. It's not a deep lake. That's why I was telling Jeremy when, before we got tagged pretty soon, we'll just be able to walk across it. Well, probably take a few more than five years because that mud's got to harden up. You tried to walk across it right now, even in the parts that don't have water. You want to talk about some boggy, swampy, gross that, mud. That, and that, more, more so than just that, there's all the salt companies mm-hmm. out there. Morton Salts being, is the biggest one. They harvest the salt, and that's the salt that you have on your tables, on your yep. roads, in your water softener. Yep, they'll be there for generations. They're not going anywhere. They're not even harvesting the salt out of the lake. They're doing it off the ground that the lake bed was on. There's another I actually didn't realize is there's a humongous salt mine underneath the Great Lakes. Hmm. Like in, in like the Michigan area, there is a salt mine that actually digs under the Great Lakes, and it's just this giant underground salt mine. Hmm. I can't remember which. I feel like that's a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, it's thousands of feet below the lake, so not really. That's the thing about mines. They're not, uh, they're somewhat stable, and even if they collapse, they're not that big that it's going to create a huge problem. Or you just do like Utah did and turn the mountain inside out. Yeah, strip mining, that's a good (laughs) idea. That is completely illegal now in the entire world, so yeah. I thought it was worth mentioning though, because it's yeah. uh, it's been in the news a lot in the last few weeks. I don't yeah, think it's going away. Why not talk about depressing stuff? What? I said, and why not talk about depressing <laughs> stuff? Well, okay, but part of why I think it's pertinent is we're talking about uh, two national parks um, this week. Uh, well, one national park, one state, state park, park is what we do. So we're going to talk about Arches National Park um, over near Moab and then Snow Canyon State Park, and Arches in particular is a giant lake bed. It's an old sea. Which one are you going to talk about first? Um, Snow Canyon? Let's start with the state. Let's start with the state park, maybe. Let's start with Schnell. So Snow Canyon State Park, which if you don't know where it's at and never heard of it, which I hadn't really heard of it before now, um, is down in southern Utah. It's um, northwestish of, uh, it's really just outside of St. George. Uh-huh. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's right. It's just north of Ivan's technically, right? Yeah. So if you go to Tuacon, mm-hmm. Tuacon is at the base of yep. Snow Canyon. Yep. So, so what do you go to, to Tuacon? If you turn before the theater, mm-hmm. uh, literally there's a road before the theater kind of wraps around and it'll take you. And right technically there. the theater is in, the Snow Canyon State Park, like yeah. it's carved out, like around the yep. theater, is part of the state yep. park. So uh, Julia can chime in. We really like Snow Canyon, so when we lived in St. George, it was somewhere that we would go quite often. It's really cool. So we'll get into a little bit of history and whatnot. How, but the the coolest thing about it is it's basically petrified sand dunes. That's probably the simplest way. That's like the staircasey one, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, and, it, and lava tubes, right? It's like Old a bunch of little, tubes. a bunch of little steps everywhere. So, yeah. so you, it's, it's it's easy to walk up. It doesn't feel like a hike. You can go anywhere you yeah. want. So we took the kids when they were teeny tiny because they're it's sand easy. dunes. So just little stairs. So it, it's it's easy to climb. Now a lot of it, you, you obviously you, you you can't go out into all of it. They've got parts you can walk on, and then they've definitely got a trail set up. I want to say there's five or six different hiking trails that you can take through it. 
Then they also have the biking walking trail that goes around the Yeah, they have a bunch of paved stuff. Also, I hadn't realized this until I was reading about it. It is part of why it exists as a state park is to protect land turtles. Yes. Turtles. So we have talked about the turtle fences. I I, like turtles. I've talked about the turtle fences before. And this is part of it. It's these cute little fences that are like two and a half feet tall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That are all around. Basically, it's to keep them from getting onto the roads uh, and getting squished. But they are an endangered species. So you see those little fences. Nine trails. Nine trails. Nine trails and snow camping. Uh, they also have uh, RV camping and tent camping, and it's really inexpensive. And so non-hookup sites, it says $40 a night. Hookup sites um, with electricity, $45 per night. And then you can have an extra vehicle per site for 20 bucks. Yeah. So, But no ATVs. Yeah. That's a very specific thing. You cannot have ATVs in the park because of the turtles and all the small little animals. But Right. And this this park definitely has a they have a day use fee. So ten dollars per vehicle up to eight people, five dollars and then it says five dollars per vehicle up to eight people, so I don't get what that is. Then senior sixty five or older with a Utah driver's license. Oh maybe that's what the five dollars is for. And then it's $5 if you're a pedestrian or a cyclist. And then if you're a non-resident, it's $15 per vehicle. So uh, the history, we talked about a little bit. Um, lava tubes, uh, because there is. So from Snow Canyon, you can actually see what's left of the volcano that erupted some million years ago. Well, yeah. So it was like a, it was a, an old desert. Like it was... Like a desert desert. Like most of that area was like under two to 3,000 feet of sand at one point in right. prehistoric times. And then while it was a desert, and I think it was I think it was still a desert, or maybe it was after it was compacted. I can't remember. That's when the volcano erupted. Yeah. And, and basically buried all the sand dunes. Right. And the hot ash and everything solidified. And so it turned it into this really cool sandstone formation. And then over time, the wind has taken it away. And what's left are these really cool formations. Mm-hmm. So the land itself, uh, they they think, was inhabited from about 200 A.D. to 1250 for hunting and gathering uh, for different indigenous people. The Paiute Indians claimed it from about 1200 A.D. to the 19th century. And then, of course, the Mormons... Came rolling in in, in the eight. Yeah, we were real. Good Nobody to else is here. We're taking it. We'll we were, claim we, this for yeah, ourselves. Let's be honest. We were real good to the Paiutes back in the day as as uh, Utahns. The the Mormon settlers uh, yeah. and pioneers were so nice to that Paiute tribe. <laughs> They're Holy tight. Fuck the Paiutes were the tribe involved in Mountain Meadows. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yep. So for anyone that doesn't know, we have an episode on the Mountain Meadows massacre as well. Man, the Mormon pioneers were such a fucked group of people. That's all I can say. So, so it was a, it was a sacred place to the Paiute Indians. It was used for hunting, uh, but also religious ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing place. It's one of those places where it's really not very big, but it, it feels like it's a different world. Like, it's like you're on Mars. It, the, the sand is a different color. Everything about it is different. Yeah, I've looked at some pictures of like some of the lava tubes you can go inside and stuff. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it's wild to think there are lava tubes that you can go through in southern Utah. So um, they actually have an event called Junior Ranger Lava Tubes on the 29th um, where you can join a park ranger and explore lava rock and caves in Snow Canyon for eight and 
eight and older, and you just have to register. It's a good time of year to go there, by the way, as right. well, because it's not yeah. hot as fuck right now. So in the summertime, there. it's on average 105 during the day. Being that it's the desert, it could drop as low as 40 at night. But in the wintertime, not only does it not snow a whole lot down there in southern Utah, um, it's a lot cooler. So good time to go. Speaking of not snowing, most of the Google reviews for here are pretty good. But Emma does give it a one star and said, no snow, very disappointed. (laughs) Looking for snow in Snow Canyon, which, by the way, it is named after a person, Lorenzo Snow and the weather, (laughs) his brother, Erastus Snow. That's what it's named for. No snow. So it's named by the Snow Brothers. Snow Brothers. Do you think they did cocaine? Snow Misers. They were the original Snow Misers. So I do have a list of films that they shot in actual Snow Canyon. Parts of the, obviously not oh, the whole film, okay. but parts of it. So Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. The Flintstones, Flintstones, Meet the Flintstones. Probably the fucking quarry scenes. Possibly Jeremiah Johnson. You know, some say he's still out there. Uh, High School Musical Two. Hondo, which is uh, one of my favorite John Wayne movies. Um, McKenna's Gold, also a John Wayne movie. Uh, the Conqueror, also a John Wayne movie. <laughs> the Car, not one I've heard of. Uh, Grand Canyon. Bullet for a Bad Man. The King and Four Queens. And The Road to Denver. All have scenes that were filmed in Snow in Canyon. In Snow Canyon. Yep. Super unique. Uh, I would definitely say go visit it. It's not very expensive. There was a handful of times we went where there was no ranger. It was just open. Yeah, that's not uncommon for state parks. Um, and, and again, it's something to do in St. George that's just right there. If you go down and take a winter vacation. Yeah. It's a fun little day thing. You, you can go on one of the hikes. You can just wander around. Please do not take Anything. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. Don't, <laughs> no fossils, no rocks. You cannot rock out there. No. Um, leave everything as is. It's, it is preserved for a reason. Um, and anytime, you know, it's weird because, like, I, I, when I was younger, um, I used to like to take, like, shells, seashells. Well, that's not actually a good thing to do when you go visit someplace. Like, right. That's a, that's it's not cool. Well, like when we were in Hawaii and we went to the what was the beach with the the glass glass beach? Yeah, I don't know. It, it had, I don't think we went to that one. Yeah, I don't think we did. So we know, did. So. That's one where Josh was in his jeans and, oh. and, and the, in the. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, it's it's shattered glass, but some of it's hundreds of years old. It's sea glass, right? Yeah, that washes up, and it, and, and there's signs all over. Please don't take it because it's taken hundreds of years. To fill the whole beach with glass. It's the same concept with all of these places. Enjoy it. Take pictures of it. But don't take it home. Because if everybody takes yeah, it home. Then it won't be there. There won't be any left. And that's kind of the case with even these rocks. Don't take the rocks. Like, leave them. Yeah. There's plenty of other places in Utah that you can go rock hound. Don't do it there. Apparently, it's 4,700 acres with 38 miles of hiking trails. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. And that's that seems big, but it's really not that big, especially when you compare it to Arches. Yep. Uh, which is where we're going to transport you now to another hot fucking part of Utah um, outside of Moab. There's actually two national parks there. We won't talk about Canyonlands today, but they're they're 
basically right next to each other. Like arches and Canyonlands touch. They're like, uh, I think they touch. Maybe they don't. Maybe Canyonlands, they're separated by Moab, I think. I think arches yeah. is north of Moab and I think Canyonlands, like I think arches is like, Moab actually touches arches basically. Like right as you get outside of town, you're in arches. Um, and arches is a lot smaller than Canyonlands as well because Canyonlands is fucking enormous. Um, but I think Canyonlands is like southwest of Moab, if I remember right. Um, yeah, but they're right. I mean, they're right next to each other. Most people that go see them, like go stay in Moab and actually yeah, go to both. Spend a day in both. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or more than a day, just right. depending. Um, and right now is a great time of year to go because it's not hot as fuck. Cause I think weather's good. Yeah. Um, so Arches is 119.8 thousand miles, square miles. And just so you know, you need tickets to enter between April 3rd and October 3rd. You have to reserve in advance. Yeah. And it's not just a, it's not just a ticket. It is a timed entry. Arches and Canyonlands are so busy. And because of the nature of the parks, they want to keep, cause there's like roads that drive around and there's a lot of hiking trails, but they want to make sure that the parks are not overwhelmed with people yeah. and people don't destroy them. Because especially like arches, as we'll talk about, there's a lot of stuff there that is actually really quite delicate. Delicate arch is a funny name, but actually, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff that actually is very delicate in that park. Yeah. So they want to make sure that it's not being well, overworked. And I know we've talked about this before, four or five years ago, those dumbass scouts knocked some of them over. No, that was Goblin Valley. Oh, Goblin Valley. That was knocking over some of the hoodoos in Goblin Valley. And then posted it. They all got arrested. It's bad. Don't do that. Yeah. Arches is, uh, well, and you used to be able to swing from the different arches. Um, they've stopped that. Um, because uh, they stopped that. And when was it that the, uh, which arch was it that fell down? It was like 2005-ish. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember which arch it was. One of the bigger arches fell. And I think at that point, that's when they were like, okay, no more people swinging from shit. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I've got it somewhere in here. But yeah. So we'll talk, let's talk a little bit about the history of arches. Wall arch. Uh, wall arch. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the history of the arches, uh, cause I'm sure you have it. Oh yeah. So, um, over, there are over 2,000 known arches. There's more than that, but there are over, there, over 2,000 that have been named, studied, uh, and looked at. So when you go there, there, there's the famous one that's on the Utah license plate. That is delicate arch. That you see on everything. And, and that is definitely one of the arches. And when you look at Arches National Park pictures, that's the one picture that you're going to see that looks like like all the pictures, that's the one that is everywhere. But you you just have to kind of scroll through yeah. them, and you'll start to see other ones. So this was also all part of of the lake system. So it's an an evaporated layer of the salt bed is what this originally was. So what happens is you've got softer rocks, harder rocks, it all bunched together, and over time, the softer rock, the sandstone erodes away, and what's left are the thicker, harder stones. So that's why you get these crazy formations that looks like a huge rock on a toothpick. It, everything that is soft has eroded away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's, it's like, especially with the erosion for the form, the arches, because it's, 
this is why it's a national park. Those arches are formations that are not really found elsewhere in the world. Uh, and one of the things that creates the actual arch is not just wind, but it's actually because we get snow uh, in the wintertime and there is snow what? and arches. Uh, wow. Because of the elevation and everything else, they do get some snow. It's still very much a desert, like a very deserty looking part of the state as well. But they do, they get snow and in the wintertime freezing temperatures, especially at night. And when you get a pool of water or snow that is formed in even a small crack. Uh, and so what'll happen is like you have basically like a cliff face and in that cliff face, there's parts that jut out more than others. And then you get a hole. And normally when that happens in a mountain, a cave forms. But this right. isn't a mountain. This is a giant hill, essentially. I mean, they are mountains technically, I guess. But it's like a lump. It's a yeah. little lump in the ground. But over the right. years, that thing fills with water. Let's say it holds a cup of water. That water freezes. It cracks it and breaks it and expands. And over centuries, um, probably millions of years, uh, eventually those open up into the arches. Right. Uh, That's when the so water and the air come in. For 300 play. million years, it was a salt bed. Yes. Um, and then in the uh, early Jurassic period <laughs> um, is when it became more desert and, and what we call Navajo sandstone filled the area up. And then that, the Navajo sandstone is what over the years has slowly eroded away because it's softer. Uh, and now it's, it's, it's over 5,000 feet is what they're saying. The depth is in some of the deepest place, deepest mm-hmm. to tallest is about 5,000 feet of these arches and these formations. So it's, it's crazy because when you're standing in it looking up, they look so tall. But what really happened is the exact opposite. Everything has actually eroded away from it and gotten deeper. They didn't grow up. Everything else around them just... Well, yeah. And to give you an idea, um, Delicate Arch is about 46 feet high, I think. Um, that's the opening. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're talking, it's only like 50 feet tall. That's um, not, so yeah, that which is, is, which is still huge when you're standing against it to see this giant arch that's right. like 50 feet high. It's like 30 feet wide. Um, and that is Delicate Arch is the, the largest freestanding arch in the park. So it is the biggest one. But there's a ton of them. Right. But that just like to put it in perspective, what's left of thousands of feet of sandstone is 50 by 30. Yep. Of, of, of a, a virtual sea. Yeah. Like just of salt wild and sandstone. Um, even though the rock formations appear to be strong, they are actually very fragile. And not just that, it's the whole ecosystem. They're delicate. The whole ecosystem <laughs> is. <laughs> A very delicate well, ecosystem. Because, like, the the arches in particular, you know, when, when wall arch fell, it's because they're still being eroded oh, over yeah. time. The water, the wind, and so there are there are a lot of arches that don't have as much rock left as even delicate arch. Um, so delicate arch is probably not going to come down, you know, right. any, any crazy amount of time. So they do get over a million visitors a year. Mm-hmm. That many people coming through it, that in and of itself can cause erosion. Just that many people walking up and down the trails. And that's one of the reasons why they do the timed entry in the, the busy seasons. Right. Is that they have to, they have to monitor that. They have to. Yeah. This time of year, 
Um, basically October through like March ish. Um, they don't do timed entry. You still have to pay to get into the park because it's a national park. Um, but they don't do the timed entry, uh, because there's just not enough visitors that they have to like right. meter who can be in the park at a time. Right. Um, as far as plants and animals, it seems like a desert, but it's actually probably one of the most alive places in the entire desert as far as the animals Just go. not during the middle of the day, usually. Speaking of animals, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Kylie rated it one star and said, I hated this because a squirrel was chasing me away, so I left. Probably wasn't an actual squirrel, <laughs> by the way. Probably a kangaroo rat. However, Stacy yeah. left one star review and said, no mountain goats. Yeah, that they don't this really. It's not a mountain. They don't really exist. They do there. have bighorn sheep. There are some, yeah. Um, there's also, you know, cougars, which uh, coyotes, those are some of the bigger animals. Um, but it's a lot of reptiles and rodents. Um, rattlesnakes. And, yeah. There are Gila monsters, which I've never. I, yeah, Gila monsters. Um, I think there's some turtles there too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Desert turtles. Uh, the thing about the animals in a place like Arches is they all operate on different time cycles. So, for instance, snakes, incredibly active in the middle of the day. Uh, because, because they're cold. They're reptiles. And right. so, especially in the summertime, very, very active in the middle of the day. Um, but what you won't see running around in the middle of the day are any of the desert rodents. You won't see the coyotes running around in the right. hot afternoon. They're all hidden away. And to be honest with you, most of those animals are, re- are reclusive. Mm-hmm. They're not going to show themselves. You're not going to just see. Yeah, you're not going to see them prancing around. They're, they're not coming next to the trails that that yeah. are in the park. So they're, you, they're deep in the park. Yeah, they're in part of the really nice preserved stuff. It's not like Yellowstone where you're right in it right. with the with the animals. Um, it's it's very different there. Um, but you know they also interestingly enough in like that particular desert environment they also change seasonally. Uh-huh. So, for example, your kangaroo rats uh, or kangaroo mice, whatever the fuck yeah, they're called. Yeah, kangaroo rat, I believe. Yeah, they are not active during the day in the summer. But in the winter, they're very active during the day because it's too cold at night because it's right. a desert. Uh, and so they, you see it. There's also uh, peregrine falcons mm-hmm. uh, are very active there, um, and they eat a lot of those desert rodents. <laughs> and this time of year when it's colder, you're, you're not going to see the reptiles. Most of them are going to hibernate. Yep. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the smaller rodents also will hibernate, mm-hmm. um, but it is very diverse with life. A lot of plant life, mostly desert plants. Um, a lot of sagebrush, cacti, that sort of thing. So I also have a list of movies. I won't. There's a lot of movies. Yeah, Arches is, Arches has got a lot of really picturesque views. That so doesn't surprise me. I'll just I'll just list a few of the more notable ones. Um, Transformers: Age of Extinction. God, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> the Lone Ranger, the 2013 version. Uh, John Carter. With Johnny Depp. Uh, Star Trek. Actually, two or three of the different Star Trek movies and a couple of the actual seasons had filming done there. Uh, let's see. Austin Powers 3. No one watched that. <laughs> that was the last movie Mike Myers did, I think. Vertical Limit. That's a lie, actually. Mike Myers did a show on Netflix called The Pentaverate, which is fucking terrible. I only made it through two episodes. It is so bad. And I'm like, I can't do this. I wanted to, but I, I couldn't. I was like, where's Mike Myers been? And then that show came on, and I was like, oh, he's still not good. Yeah. Nurse Nurse Betty. The Adventures of Joe Dirt. 
I love Joe Dirt. Mission Impossible 2. Now, that's probably the most famous scene because that's where he's uh, climbing and then the, the, black, oh, yeah. the Black Hawk comes over the top. Yeah. So, yeah, that was filmed there. Uh, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I love Galaxy Quest. It's <laughs> a great movie. Con Air, which actually, um, the airport in Con Air was filmed in Wendover. Mm-hmm. But, but part of the flyover, they fly over uh, arches. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Larger Than Life. The Great American West. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That, that whole opening scene takes place yep. at Arches. Uh, let's see. City Slickers 2. <laughs> Geronimo. Uh, let's see. Thelma and Louise. Yeah, yeah. The famous Thelma and Louise. The cliff scene is, is Arches, yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. There's a whole lot. Oh, MacGyver. A couple episodes yeah. of MacGyver were filmed there. <laughs> Another thing to know about Arches, um, Arches is a dark sky yes. uh, park, and they do a lot uh, to keep it that way. So we've talked about those a lot on the show before, but as a recap, that is a place where at night, with your naked eye, you can see real stars. And I know people that have grown up in a city don't see stars. Like, they've never... I shouldn't say they've never because maybe they've gone somewhere, but like I grew up in small town, Wyoming. We could go out 10 minutes from home into a canyon and see the night sky lit up with hundreds, if not thousands of visible yeah. stars. Oh, it's probably more than thousands. Yeah. You, you can't do that in Salt Lake I City. I had some cousins who lived in uh, Star Valley, Wyoming for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. So I remember in high school going to Star Valley. It's phenomenal. And and you will see amazing photographs. And if you go to Arches and you're there in the evening, you can see an awful lot of stars and a lot of color in the sky. It's really something to, to and see. On a clear when night. When you see the color in the sky, that's the Milky Way. Yeah, I was going to say you can see the, you can see the Milky Way there. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all we can see, by the way. With the well, you know eye. what I mean. True. Like you can but you can see the colors of yeah. it and the purples the, and the blues. The, the different... You know what else you can see? According to Casper, who left a one-star review, <laughs> way too many arches. <laughs> way too many arches. <laughs> well, there's over 2,000, so. But according to David, who left one star, I've seen bigger arches before. The architect who built these should have dreamed bigger. <laughs> also, they should have put the park closer to the ocean. It was so dry here. My friend's in real estate, and he always says, location, location, location. Yeah. If they'd put this park in California, I'm sure attendance would be higher. I get that rural Utah had cheap real estate, but come on, it's miles from anywhere. How did you if say you rural? found this review helpful, please click like below. Can you, can you say rule for me again? Rural? <laughs> Leave me alone. So I want to sound like a dog. I've never said it like that, and I grew up in rural town, Wyoming. Yeah, well, I don't say rural. I pronounce my letters rural. Some of them. It's rural. Okay, whatever. You're just weird. I'm just now that we've all messed up. I'm just a hicky small town guy. but yeah, yeah seemed that the was, architect should have dreamed bigger. That was a drawer. That was a per- fuck off. That was a perfectly reasonable, purposely made, hilarious. Bad, oh yeah, bad can you? He's say, got a lot of likes on that. Can you say lawyer, uh, attorney? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's uh, Arches National Park and uh, uh, Snow Canyon State Park. Um, I would encourage going to visit both of them. If you are going to take a trip to Arches, uh, I will tell you 
Uh, now is a great time, uh, all the way up until about the beginning of March. Some of it is weather dependent. March. Um, much into April. Well, like I said, April, starting in April through October, you have to right. make reservations and they suggest I, three months in advance. I will say this. If you go this time of year, though, 90% of Moab is not open. So a lot yeah. of the restaurants and stuff, they're not open in the off season because there's just not enough people that are there to support the restaurant being open. What's that? So, what's the restaurant down there that we follow and it's, it, they win a lot of stuff? That's uh, Hell's Backbone. That's yeah, not. That's closing. Maybe. That's not in Moab. Is it, it next to? No, Hell's no. Backbone's closer to Capital Reef. Is it okay? Um, which I mean, a lot of that stuff. When you get in the grand scheme of things, all that stuff's relatively close to each other. But it's uh, closing. Um, it might be closing. Yeah, they were doing like a GoFundMe. But there's a bunch of really great small local businesses in Moab. Just be aware. This time of year, a lot of them are actually seasonally closed. Yeah. So um, the pickings are a little bit slimmer, but there's decent hotels and you get great rates this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going after March, um, the only time that's good in the not off season is actually like July and August because it's the hottest months of the year and it is fucking brutal. And so they actually do have a bit of a lull in the, the heat of the summer because people don't want to be there that in that hot of a time. Um, so everything's still open. Um, it's miserable and there are slightly fewer people typically in that area. Yeah. But if you're going to make a, a trip down there, definitely go to Canyon Lens as well. You'd be remiss not to spend time in both parks because yeah. of their proximity. Yeah, and we'll talk go, about Canyon Lens. If you're going time. down to the one, definitely do the other. Plan on a couple of days. Uh, They're both based out of Moab is yeah. the big thing. Like you, if you go to Canyon Lens, you're staying in Moab. If you go to Arches, you're staying in Moab right. unless you just go down for the day. In which case you're fucking animal because that's a long drive for a day trip. It's about what four and a half hours from Salt Lake uh, to Moab. Yeah, about four hours. Some of that ballpark. So uh, I mean, you yeah. could do it, but that's a long. And one downside is from Salt Lake, you have to go through uh, Spanish Fort Canyon in the winter. Yeah, uh, and that drive sucks. You could technically go through if that is if the weather's really bad. I would actually probably take the detour, go down to I seventy off yep. of I fifteen, which is a little bit longer drive, um, but it would save you the really horrendous drive up Spanish Fort Canyon. Yep. Uh, yep. But it's definitely a longer drive because you go way further south than you need to to cut back up on I seventy. So. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Um, we're doing. Apparently, if you need driving directions, just call Jeremy or Chris. We picked one of these last time, Julia. Okay. Um, um, because we don't, I wanted to keep the. We're kind of out of the, out of the fun ones. I don't know. These might be fun. The explanations on the back are Are much longer. So, um, I do like this one. This is one of my favorite things. This is something I take a lot of pride in. It says, integrity is the new black, which I, I guess that is like a, Thing, like orange is the new black. I don't know if that's okay. A, black is everybody wears black, so yeah. like pink is the new black. So everybody's orange is the new black. Yeah. black is like a black now. black tie event, black gown yeah. event. Like, well, no, it's no. like a woman should have a little black dress. Gotcha. Like, so uh, the the long spiritual as fuck portion of the card says integrity means having your actions match your values. Most of the time, integrity takes a lot of not doing stuff. Not smacking people, not yelling at people, not talking shit, 
not stealing stuff, not lying, not littering, and not eating your roommate's last gluten-free, soy-free, vegan pizza roll. Why would you want to eat that anyway? (laughs) No one wants to fucking eat that thing. Uh, When the temptation is strong to do the bad thing, sometimes it helps to write down the good thing and and put it in your back pocket. It's hard to justify smacking someone when you have your ass pressed up against the word compassion. <laughs> and we have one That's more cool. Rebel Deck card left. Right. And it says, fuck fear. It will lie to your face. Oh, that's pretty good. There you go. So you can put all the Rebel Deck cards back in their box now. And yeah, and we can start over. You can sell them to your... Uh, hey, I've been selling these things for 40 bucks. Yeah, you could sell the used, used one dick. for 30. Yep. Used yeah. dick. Used dick? <laughs> that's what I heard. I I realize you probably said something different, but I heard used, used dick. dick. Well, I mean, technically, every single dick Second in the world hand. is used. Has been used. Because even when and you're born, you're peeing you almost, it. Almost everybody's hand has had one in it. That's, that's true. That is true. Thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not both hands necessarily. Not necessarily, but, but... Most people have touched a dick in their life. That is... Wow. That's deep, Jeremy. And with that, uh, <laughs> you should let us know how you and think with about that. That will be Jeremy's new outtake if we ever do it again. <laughs> if, uh, if, uh, you want to have a conversation with Jeremy about, you know, <laughs> what you have in your hand. Yeah. How many dicks you've had in your hand. Um, you can follow us on social media or communicate with Hopefully us. Hopefully at least not more than one at the same time. At TNU podcast is all of our social media stuff. I wouldn't judge. TheNewUtah.com, where Bree, I'm sure, will put something up regarding dicks and hands on the blog. Can we call it dicks and hands? Uh, no. Dick not? Andy. What about dicks and putting hands? Put, put dicks and hands. Maybe, but if I wrote the word <laughs> dick in the show title, it wouldn't. It would have. We would have issues. So but I. But we try. could put farts. That's yeah. Different. Dog farts. Do is D totally star C K. I'll just do Dixon, and then Dickson. hands, and then hands. Yeah. Dixon hands Dixon, in Snow Canyon. and then hands, H-A-N-S. I love Dixon, it. Dixon hands. That's a great show title. So we are we very it. mature. By the end of the episode, I find that our show titles we discuss on the show and get to that, hey, uh-uh. we get to that point, they're the better show titles. Typically. The stuff that I just phone it in at we the end of the show. It. It's like anything. If you got to force it, it's just not the same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one other thing. Speaking of uh, Twitter, because I don't get on Twitter very often. Uh, I never really have. Um, but we were sitting in bed this morning and I get on Twitter and my Twitter feed is absolutely full of people shitting all over this fucking Jimmy Fallon bit on X, uh, XBB 11. It's a, it's one a COVID or, variant. It's a COVID variant that's popping up in New York. So apparently on the late show last night, uh, or the tonight show, it's Jimmy Fallon is the tonight show on the tonight show. They thought it was a good idea to have Jimmy Fallon get up and do an old timey like sing song oh, rap. It's, it's off of no, it's based on a song. There's it's a song that and I knew, but I can't think about of what it this is. COVID variant. It is so fucking awful. It is horrendous. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. The only anyone do on TV. The only redeeming thing is that at least Jimmy Fallon does. You know, like his voice is decent, and so it's like it doesn't hurt. Well, Jimmy Fallon's done ton of like really cool like musical oh, yeah. stuff. Like, well, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, that's its only the redeeming kids toy thing. instruments. Well, and... even even in Saturday Night Live, I mean, some of the most memorable songs from Saturday Night Live, like Dick in a Box, that was Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that was Fallon and and Justin Timberlake. Like, he's done some of the most memorable stuff on Saturday Night Live. 
And that was fucking terrible. And my Twitter feed was just full <laughs> of people like, oh my God, they finally really hit that level of like terrible shilling of this, this person. Like this was a horrible bit. It's not funny. It's not catchy. It's just sad. Uh, and I have to agree with them. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> like if you look at the Tonight Show's Twitter, they posted this thing and the very first comment was like, what was that? And the one after that was, it wasn't funny. <laughs> and it's just nothing. It's like, it was just comment after comment after comment of people like, and like gifts of like the, like kind of what the fuck face and. So tonight's episode might have an apology. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know, man. That was really particularly bad. I don't watch those late shows. Um, they're too late for me. Yeah, I think I was in bed at nine thirty last night. I think roughly somewhere in there. Um, we've been watching a lot of movies as of late. We watched The Mummy last night. It's a good movie. Original? Which one? The original. The Mummy. Good shit. I like and two's 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 really good. Three's no, and then four, which is actually the Scorpion King. Also Uh, no, yeah, the CGI and that. I do. I've seen the Mummy two, the Mummy Returns, so many times. I was confused about which things happened, and I kept being like, "Oh, this happens." Brie, who by the way, I've not watched the Mummy with her, but maybe this was maybe the second time in our entire time together. Together before. She has the whole fucking thing memorized. I don't know when she's had time to memorize it or if that's just retained from a, a decade ago. I think it was just that good of a movie when it came out. I really liked it. It is a great movie. The Mummy is the reason why Beatles freak me out. And it holds up. I, I mean, I've seen it quite a bit, but not. I, I bet I haven't seen it in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. She's just like... She just probably one of Brendan Fraser's all time best movies. Oh, it's great. And then she's like, I'm like, I wish I looked like Brendan Fraser. She's like, uh, have you seen him recently? You do. Uh, <laughs> well, he put on some weight. Let's just say a lot of weight. The poor guy. Yeah, he's got I, a lot he's of weight. I'm such like, a I'm nice like, he's got to be pretty old. And, and we looked it up. No, he's only like 50. He's just got a lot of health issues. He's yeah. so nice, though. He's such a nice person. But I like his stuff. I like him. I in, like the guy that Tarzan. plays the the Magi guy. He's really. Oh good yeah, looking. he's he's he's. It. I wonder what he looks like. He's now. in Indiana Jones too, isn't he? Oh, I think so. Yeah, he's he's good. Indiana Jones, the worst archaeologist ever. That's right. He destroys every fucking temple terror. he goes he's to. He's a thief. <laughs> yeah, he's not an archaeologist. And is it burnt? What? What's the the dorky burnt? What? The guy that that short round? No, the the <laughs> traitor guy that like I don't know what you're talking about. Makes the deal with the mummy to help get the other guys and oh, uh, um, Bur- it's not Bernie, but it's it's a, something like uh Benny. Benny, Benny. Yeah. he throws him out the window. Yeah, he gets eaten by scarabs at the end. He does. He gets what he deserves. Yeah, he does. And leaves all because he wanted to go back for more gold. What an idiot! Stupid Benny. He could have been long. He's the gone. one that started the temple that made the temple crumble yeah. too because he put the bat is mm-hmm. the saddlebags on the mm-hmm. lever. He's an idiot. I what like can you movie. say? It's a great movie. Anyway, anyway, that's not what this show's about. Hopefully, you liked it, uh, and you guys have a uh, have a great rest of your week. And just think about how many dicks you've had in your hands over the last lifetime. 